piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to yet another new episode. Welcome to episode 244, and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I am your host, Swan, and I am joined by the cast or crew, the Guardians. Craig? The Guardians of the podcast? Here we go. Uh, what's up, y'all? What's up? How are we doing? How we doing? How we doing? We're doing. Zach, what are you showing off hey. there? How are you doing? Hey, you got to get ready for the bear season two, man. I'm ready for the bear. If it's anything like season one, I'll have it done in like a day. Yep. So. I'm doing but, pretty uh, good. How about, how about you guys? <clears throat> you know what? Life uh, life happens. Life has uh, had its way with some people. It's choke slammed me a few times, but we're here. We're on another Monday. We're on another podcast. And we're talking Guardians. Craig, what about you? Did you have a good weekend? I have. I, I've actually had a pretty good week. So. <clears throat> so for those of you that don't know or have been hiding under a rock, we are talking Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, it is uh, one of the most anticipated movies of this early 2023 season. And it's the movie that kicks off the uh, summer blockbusters here in the United States of America. And uh, man, if, if this is the way the summer movies are going to go, I, I think it's going to be a good year. Um, I just hope that this isn't peak and then the rest of the movies just turn out to be yeah. eh. garbage. Yeah. I've, I've I've already heard Transformers is a giant mess. They don't even know how it got released. Um, mm. You know, the Flash looks promising. My biggest concern through this whole summer movie season is I hope that Indiana Jones is not this year's Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, we'll, we'll soon find out. So. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. But I mean, it, another thing is, you know, we we all have high hopes for the Flash, and with James Gunn putting out Guardians, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, um, and for him to have high praise for Gar- for for the Flash, um, that gives me hope. Yeah. After after what I saw this weekend, Michael Keaton gives me hope. Yeah. Let's get nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But speaking of, guys, if you guys don't know how to listen to us or watch us, you can listen to us by all the links that we have here on social media, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. And then the Twitter is at Cinnamon405. The email bag, which returns next week, is at C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. And we can get into uh, this week's top five top five which should be pretty fun this week guys we're talking our top five mcu trilogies and we'll go over the rules well, after. Are, are, oh, oh, oh are we going with anything that's over three uh i had it i had i had technically i know thor has four well, that's um, the only one that has that's the only one that has four so and because i mean if we were gonna if we if we take out thor because he has four and that means there truly is only five if we're excluding the Avengers. Yeah, we're excluding yeah. the Avengers. 
I mean, technically, yeah, then we have to get rid of Thor. Um, uh, well, well, let's add Thor. We'll let Thor, we'll... we'll let Thor slide just today, since it just <laughs> came out last last year, and there's only we're, we're pretty much just ranking the 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 three trilogies, you know, because trilogies only have three movies. Thor, we're gonna let you slide just this one time, yeah. um, and we're not including like Blade or or any of those movies from, from from the past Marvel movies. So yeah. let's yeah. uh. MCU exclusive. Let's rank these movies. All right, guys. This week's top five, top five MCU trilogies. Uh, t- so technically, there's six to rank. And uh, Zach, let's start with you. What's uh, what's going to be your number five? Uh, number five for me um, is going to be the Iron Man trilogy. In my Ooh. just personal opinion, yeah, I know. I'm already starting throwing off bullets right here and there. Um, the only reason that it's number five for me is, is that first film is pretty much perfect. It's a perfect opener, not only for the trilogy, but for the MCU as a whole. Um, And I just feel like in my personal opinion, the other two films, Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3, never really got up to that level. And Mm. so, I mean, there are good things about them, but still that first one, it was, I mean, that was going to be a challenge to outdo the first film. Um, If I had to rank them, one, one, three, and two would probably be the order for that. So yeah, uh, number five is the Iron Man trilogy. The Iron Man trilogy. Um, Number five for me, just because I did put this rule into consideration with there being four movies, number five for me is going to be Thor. Um, and I think one is so – you know what? I was going to make a little joke. One is so good, Ragnarok is great, and then Love and Thunder is good. So those are three. Technically two doesn't there. count for me. Yeah, so there, there you go. Thor two is not in there. So, uh, But, yeah, number uh, number five is Thor for me. Craig, what about you? Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you, Thor, <clears throat> at number five for me. Um, I was going to consider it just the, uh, you know, no the dark no world. love and thunder. No, no. I was going to say no love and thunder, but if we're doing that, we can, we can pick and choose, then I'll, yeah, I'll take one, three, and four as, <laughs> as, my, as my trilogy, because I agree with you guys. The dark world had some good aspects to it, but it wasn't... Um, just wasn't up there with the movies of the of the time in yeah. Marvel. So, yeah. could you have imagined if Thor started off with how charismatic he is now? I think. I think. The, I think going, I'm, I'm just saying, going back and rewatching some of those, especially Dark World, and especially the first one. I know he's a god and he's from a different world, so he doesn't have yeah. that much human interaction. But he was mm-hmm. so stale in the first two movies. But I, I think that's how his character was supposed to be. I mean, he, yeah. was, I mean that's true. I agree with that. But I, I do like the character development over the movie, though. So, so. Yeah. Uh, Zach, number four. Yeah, I mean, just following what you guys said, four. Um, I, I agree. I would do one, uh, Ragnarok and a uh, Love and Thunder. Um, the Dark World. I'm gonna be honest. I forget that movie exists sometimes. <laughs> be completely honest with you guys. Um, and 
I enjoyed it in the theater, but I, it's just one of the, out of all the Marvel movies. It's just one I've never had the desire to go back and watch. Um, I agree with the character development. He's supposed to be like this cocky. Yeah. Like I'm a God, I can do everything in the first two. And I like, even, even in the Avenger films, his characters always change and evolving. And to the point where in Ragnarok, it's a whole new, basically a makeover for the character, which was just des- re- desperately needed by that point. So uh, uh, number four is Thor. Number uh, number four, man. Number four for me is uh, you guys can start throwing some shit at me now, but number four for me is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. So uh, if you want, I can explain. But since we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, I'll explain a little bit later on. Uh, Craig, number four for you. Uh, <clears throat> number four for me is going to be the Iron Man series. Um, uh. I, I do think Iron Man as a whole kind of deserves a pass um, and it should technically be a little bit higher, but I mean, it was the first three film trilogy. It was boom, boom, boom out of the way. If, yeah. if they were to have allowed him to have an opportunity to create a film around the time that he did civil war, I, I think that third film would have been absolutely amazing or fourth film if they were to do you know that. But um I mean, if, if we're being honest, up until Endgame, it is Robert Downey Jr. So his trilogy doesn't really mean much because he is the key piece in almost four other films moving uh, forward. Yeah. So I, as a character, he's he's there, but his trilogy isn't that great. I agree with you. Yeah. I heard some thunderings around, you know, 2015 that he was supposed to get a fourth film, but his asking price was just so much. And they already had him into a certain, you know, lock price with how many certain movies. I think that fourth movie could have been his civil war. I think it would have blown all the other ones out of the water. Yeah. That's a good number four. Um, Zach, number three, Uh, number three, Spider-Man homecoming uh, far from home and no way home. Um, it's interesting with the exception of my number one, the second film in these, these trilogies have been kind of not mad, but they're good, but just, they just don't, they can't outdo that. I don't want to say outdo. They can't hold up to the first film in the, in the, in the trilogy. Um, Spider-Man homecoming was like a, like a good, um, kind of a fresh John Hughes take on Spider-Man with Michael Keaton as the bad guy as vulture uh the second one far from home uh far from home is you know it is what it is i think jake gyllenhaal kind of saves that movie and then obviously no way home has a lot of nostalgia has a lot of i think i really think that they kind of they should have uh hooked their key hooked their key on the multiverse for this film which obviously they did but i mean like you know we had such high hopes for dr strange a multiverse of madness that just didn't they did such a better job of capturing the multiverse in No Way Home than they did in the multiverse, in my opinion. So it's just that trilogy, Tom and Tom Holland's performance is, you know, it gets a little goofy sometimes, but I think obviously it's Peter Parker, Spider Man, <laughs> that's what that that's what that character is. So that's my number three. Uh, I'm gonna go right with you. Number three for me for the exact same reasons, the Spider Man trilogy. Craig? Yeah, um, right there with you guys. Number three, Spider-Man. Um, number one's a good, you know, it's a, it's a good breath of fresh air. Um, I feel like number two kind of stumbles 
Um, I have some key issues with number two, although I do think I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it. And then number three is, you know, as we all know, it, it's, it's very nostalgic. It's, it's up there because of the help of others. Um, I don't know, you know, all these movies kind of have help from others, but you know, yeah. number three is for what it is, but yeah. Um, that's my number three. And I'll give some slack to far from home. Cause it, that, that came out two months after Endgame. I'm just like, like, why, why are we doing this? Just save that for the start of phase four or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Zach, number two, what's your second favorite uh, trilogy? Uh, number two, we're talking about today, Guardians. Um, we'll we'll probably talk about all the films later on in the episode, so we'll get into it. Uh, number two for me is going to be the. Oh, I don't want to say it. Uh, the Iron Man movies, um, one, two, and three. Uh, I I I love them. You know, I think number one is great. I think two is just as good. I think Mickey Wark plays a good villain. You also have Sam motherfucking Rockwell in there. Um, and then three, three is a little goofy because you have, you know, but you the have the, you have the Mando, but you have the great Ben Kingsley playing, playing Mando. And it's just, it's a, it's good. It's fun. You know, it's, it's being Kingsley in a fucking MCU film, you know? Um, and I will say, we're, we're going to get into it today, but Marvel knows how to pick their villains. So, yeah. uh, number two is the Iron Man trilogy for me. Craig, number two. We can't hear you. We can't hear you, Craig. We can't, can't hear, you. hear you. Yeah, uh, number three. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. number two. <clears throat> number number. I know, but Iron Man three. Oh, <clears throat> as a movie, it's it's not the greatest, but I love the fact that they were able to add the. The Legion or whatever he calls the the suits, you know, yeah. we didn't really get to see all the suits. I mean, he has what fifty two up at in game, you know, and we're able to see the Silver Centurion, the you know, all, all the e- Igor, all the ones that are kind of in the mix. And I just think the the lore of Iron Man was explored in number three, and that's what makes it so good for me, even though it's not that great of a film. Um, but number two for me is going to be uh, the trilogy we're talking about today, Guardians. So. All right, Zach, number one. I think we all get, we're all going to have the same number one, so I guess we can just talk about it all together. Uh, number one is Captain America. I personally think out of all the trilogies, this is the best one that they've done by far up to date. <clears throat> I know a lot of people give flack to the first film, but I love that first film. It's so much fun. It's set during World War II. Um, you get introduced to basically the mythology of Captain America, Steve Rogers, and it follows that all the way up until Endgame, which, you know, yeah. they did a very good job of doing that. Winter Soldier, the Russo brothers had an incredible idea of doing like a 70s spy thriller with that, and it paid off. And I'm agree. I'm going to agree with you, Johnny. I, I'm gonna, I'm going to go ahead and step do a step forward and say Civil War is the fourth Iron Man film in a certain way. You could also call it the third or two and a half Avengers film technically because of all the different characters we get introduced to Black Panther and Spider-Man in one film. And it's by that time you get, by the time you get to that final fight, it just, it tugs at your heartstrings. It really does. So that's my number one. And I'm assuming it's going to be your number one as well to you guys. Uh, my number one is going to be Ant-Man. No, I'm just messing with you. No. I've, I haven't even seen, <laughs> I haven't even seen a uh, quantum mania yet, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, 
uh, Captain America trilogy. One, I have it at like a nine. And then Winter Soldier to me is a 10. Civil War is a 10. They're just three great movies. Yeah. So that's my number one. Yeah. No, even though I'm I'm Team Stark all the way, um, <clears throat> Captain America movies are, are, are all, like you said, they're 9, 10, and 10. Um, yeah. respectfully in the, in the order, but, um, you know, kind of like I said, back with Spider-Man three, you know, it, it, he has help from the others in the movies. And I think that's, what's able to help these movies so much is, you know, they, they're able to have the Spider-Man, the black Panther, the, all these other characters in it. <clears throat> and I think where Thor Ragnarok <laughs> was able to shine is you really only had Hulk and you had like Black Panther for or Black Widow for a second, trying to you know, showing that Hulk backstory. <clears throat> but it's really just Thor in that movie as a standalone. Yeah, you had Valkyrie and everything, but these are all newer characters to us. Um, yeah. So that's I think Thor might have. I, I still personally love Civil War, but I think Thor might have the best third movie. And I, I'll, I'll just say going into this, I mean, when this, um, obviously we had no idea what we were getting into when the MCU started, but going in, I, I would not have put money on Captain America being the best trilogy. I probably would have gone with Iron Man probably with that first film. So, yeah. Let's dig into it, guys. <clears throat> Spoiler heavy. If you know, I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We're at 18 minutes and 10 seconds. Go check it out. It's in theaters. Pause it. Come back or listen to it. Get spoiled and uh, go kick rocks for all I care. No, I'm just messing with you. Um, but we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 82%. IMDb is at 8.4%. The meta score is only at 65%, while the Google users like it at 95%. It had a release day of May 5th, 2023, uh, while the budget was $250 million at the box office. Here in the States, is it already grossed $289 million at the box office uh, here in the States. Starring Chris Pratt, uh, Chukawadui, Zoe Saldana, Bradley Cooper, uh, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillian, uh, Vin Diesel, <clears throat> Stephen Blackheart, uh, Sean Gunn, Will Poulter. Will, so Poulter. Will Poulter is somebody I can't wait to talk about. Uh, directed, written by James Gunn. Um, still reeling from the loss of Gamora, Peter Quill rallies his team to defend the universe and one of their own. A mission that could mean the end of the Guardians, if not successful. Guys, I, I agree. We all seen it just once this weekend. Yeah, I, I was this close to going to see it Sunday. Uh Again, the moment you got out of the theater, first word that came to mind was Craig. Uh, fantastic. I that's, think that's the one word I sent to you guys. Yeah. Um, emotional, very emotional. Better, um, I think my, my, mine but, is just going to be simply better than previous films. That's I really, multiple words. MCU, MCU films or Guardians films. <laughs> Uh okay if I if I had to pick one if I had to pick just one word, good, pleased good, pleased please 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 is a good one okay, please is a good one the other one makes it sound like I don't really like this movie which is not the case. 
I don't think I like it as much as you guys, <clears throat> um, but I still think it was a solid, a solid <clears throat> film. No, but I, I, I also don't think it's fair to compare this. Well, it is fair to compare it because Phase Four, besides No Way Home, or absolute trash. Uh, Shang Chi. I like Black Widow better than Shang Chi. Oh, stop it! Go rewatch Shang Chi. Aquafina is the only reason I like Shang Chi as much as I did. But you All know right. what? Throwing, you, throwing bullets out. You you know what Guardians kind of made me want to f- go watch again, and I know this is weird, and I'm probably gonna you know throw shit at me. Guardians kind of made me want to watch the Eternals again. I don't know why. You're gonna hate yourself. I know, but <laughs> but Guardians made me want to watch the Eternals to see. I feel like I feel like the Guardians again. Spoiler alert: with the chapter being closed on the Guardians team. I feel like somehow some of these characters could end up in the next Eternals movie. I, but there's been zero talk about Eternals even having a second movie. That's what I, I'm like. You know, you're watching something that is literally at this moment a dead end. Whether they decide to build that bridge and move on with it is is yet to be seen or heard. So yeah. I wanted to talk about Will Will Poulter in this segment like in the opening segment because the movie kicks off with adam warlock completely destroying the guardians and he piece by piece he yeah kills them piece by piece literally i thought somebody was going to die in the opening fight yeah somebody almost did die in the opening fight but one of my main nitpicks with this movie is he started off so strong as what I thought was going to be the main villain, yeah. and then he kind of just turned into the laughing matter dumbass who couldn't get the job done. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I texted Cole, um, and I said, you know, I wasn't sure what Adam Warlock's comic storyline was, and Cole said, he fit it, Cole said he fit it very well. Um, but as far as I felt like they used Adam Warlock as the taskmaster role in Black Widow. Yeah. Should yeah. have been the main villain. Yeah. Was yeah. just thrown in there as a side character because they had a different vision, probably leading right up to the third film. When in all actuality, Adam Warlock was being built from for the first one and should have been used as the main villain, but you know. Yep. And then But that opening scene with, with him terrific gold felt yeah. like the thanos scene in uh infinity war exactly yeah and and i'm gonna go ahead and get all my small nitpicks out of the way and you guys can you guys can like just ask me some questions or we can talk about it just a little bit um i felt like this movie was 26 minutes too long i yeah, felt like I, it kind of, I, I felt like it kind of dragged just a little bit there there was uh some pacing moments for me and then my biggest worry and the, the, the thing I didn't like about it, and I'm hearing a lot of people like this about this movie, there was, to me, I feel like the the rocket story in this movie where you got the snippets of his happening, his middle, his ending, I feel like it was, there was no payoff for it. I feel like it was unnecessary for the for the whole spending most of the movie 
Um, now, I understand Saving Rocket is fine. I, I like that they built the movie around Saving Rocket, but I didn't I didn't think we needed his backstory unless for sure we knew he was going to like unless he, he died. I feel like that would have been the payoff of if you're going to break up the team and, and cost Rocket everything. You know, I don't know. I just did not like the I felt like that that my pacing issues was the Rocket story. And I, to me, that's like half the movie, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm halfway with you there. I enjoyed getting to see the Brockett backstory because all we had ever heard was him saying, I don't want to talk about it. He pushed to the side. He was very, you know, uh, reclusive about it, didn't want to talk about it. And, you know, we've, we've been pretty open with all these other characters. Mm-hmm. As, and just, I think... I thought that was too lengthy. I do, I do felt like it was too lengthy, but it it did tie in directly with the villain and what the villain was doing. So I understand you're you're basically killing two birds with one stone at this point. You're giving a backstory while building up the villain and why he is who he is. Because when so, they were when they were spending time on the backstory, I felt like I was just watching a a darker version of like Babe, Pet Pig Cemetery. like Babe, Pig <laughs> yeah. in the Lost City, Pig in the Big City. <laughs> like, I was watching a, a I was watching a Babe a, movie. That's I will say comparison. <laughs> James James Gunn did a very good job at <clears throat> giving each character in this movie, spanning from Peter Quill, Rocket, Gamora, Drax, he gave each one of them a certain moment in time in the film where you felt like you were very connected to them and you wanted them to succeed no matter what path they went on at the end when they decided to split. Even the characters that were in the cage with Rocket, you were like, you know, they're they're creepy as could be in the beginning, but you build that bond, and you're like, you you want nothing but the best for the characters in this movie, and you even get that with Will Poulter kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. It felt like you were getting uh, <clears throat> it felt like those were the misfit toys in Sid's room. Yeah, <laughs> when the yeah. when the bunny came out on the spider legs, I was oh thinking, my god, and I guarantee you that's the. That's the um, inspiration. That's where he that. got the idea, the inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. But worried about when. Uh, but let's let's talk about Will Poulter again at the beginning of the movie, man. What a bad guy! What a villain! And what a warlock he played! Like I thought he was, he was my favorite part of like every scene he was in. He he killed it. Zach, what about you? What did you think at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, man. I think this is like the the one consistent flaw in Marvel is just like they don't. They're trying to do so. Yeah, they stick to their guns, but they try. They just do so much in every movie, and like it, I get it leading up to Thanos and that eventually end game that which deserved the three hours. But ever since after that, it they did it with Quantum Media. They did now. They did it with this. Is like I think a lot of people were excited for uh, Adam Warlock. And I agree with you guys. That opening sequence is like, okay, we're in it. You know, this is the stakes. And I, I'm i going to go ahead and say it. I think they should have killed someone in the first 10 minutes. Just yeah. go ahead and get it over with. And it's like, okay, so this is the last film. No one's safe. And we're, we're off to the races. And I will say the technical aspect of this film, I thought James Gunn did a brilliant job. The opening just the, the, the credit sequence where it's just following Rocket. It's kind of like a tracking shot where he's talking to each of the Guardians. 
until yeah. it gets up to Quill and he's like drunk as a skunk. I, I thought that was a brilliant way of kind of like a good way of reintroducing these characters that we hadn't seen technically since Love and Thunder, but not since Endgame. So, right. That's true. Yeah. Not counting. Yeah, it was, Thunder, it was yeah. very. Um, I can't think of the exact movie, but the way that it tracked the character felt almost like it was. Um, you know when they like, do like those rom coms. Like you're kind of, watching a video game, kind of too. It, it did a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, you mean like when the guy in the rom com with the guys just kind of like walks out of the store? It kind of like you know you remember opening the baby driver where he's just getting the coffee. It's just kind of following him down the street. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Did you guys enjoy the the Marvel uh, logo of all the Guardians? It kind I of did. like a send off. Hmm. Yeah, I did. I what I I'm now I'm jumping to the very end. If you're not, if you're keeping Peter Quill, which we all mm-hmm. saw in one of the post credit trailers, if you're keeping Peter Quill, why are you forcing all these characters to go different ways? Like, yeah, that's, that's I true. think I think I think it's just a, a contractual. Like, I think it's just all. I don't think it has anything to do with character development or story. I think it's he, just like, okay, Batista doesn't want to do this anymore, so we're not keeping him. There's no reason to keep Mantis. Zoe Saldana's done. Zoe's aren't. Yeah, she's done. I think Bradley Cooper's probably his asking price maybe too much to do a voiceover actor. Same thing with Groot. Um, I think the only one who's probably willing to do this for you know not that much money is probably uh, Chris Pratt, even though he probably literally... is asking price is probably a lot now too. But I think he's probably the only one who doesn't mind wanting to continue to be Star Lord. Well, and I I literally said to my friend as we were walking out of the theater, again spoilers, um, the legendary Peter Quill or Star Lord will return. I was like, oh, so this is going to be a Disney Plus series eventually. You know, I feel like that's just the next step for that character because I don't. The only way you could reintroduce him is, I kind of agree with you, uh, Johnny. Through Eternals, maybe if Thor has another movie, that, that's probably the best. That's the best kept. Well, that's the best scenario. Or also have, have to look at the ending. I don't think he's going to go back into space. He is now on Earth. I yeah. think. I think he'll cert himself. True. He'll cert himself into. Maybe a, a a Captain America movie. I think he'll insert himself into maybe, you know, for I know for sure he'll be in the next Avengers movie. Um, yeah. I think he'll be a side character. I don't think he'll get his own movie, or like you, maybe he could get his own series. But I don't think he'll be he'll get his own movie. I think he'll be the a good side character from now on. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about well, some, let's, let's talk about some more send offs though. Um, or, I mean, what were you going to bring up, Zach? I, I, was, I was just going to bring up the idea that you, what you were talking about, Johnny, is just like, you know, Batista's done, Zoe Saldana's done, I'm sure Bradley Cooper's done. There's no need to bring, there's no need to bring Mantis back. If I think once uh, Vin Diesel's done with Fast and Furious, I mean, he might come back as Groot or whatever. But I think if you were, if this is the last, the, the closing chapter of this trilogy and these main core of characters, just kill him off. If you know you're not going to bring Drax back, just kill him off. Yeah, just right. blood. Well, no, I mean, if we're if we're going off what we saw in that opening scene, mm-hmm. 
James Gunn's direction of how the fight scenes went, he's breaking um, Nebula's arms. Groot's pretty much demolished to a head. Batista's shot up and has to use like the med pack. Rocket's pretty much done. He's he's in the the coma for half the movie or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. I mean, if you're doing all that stuff and you're taking it to the edge that he took it, and you know that these characters are aren't coming back, you've already taken people out of movies. Um, you know, we saw in the first five minutes of uh, Infinity War, um, Loki and uh, Heimdall are gone. It, You've done it in the movie, so why not pull the trigger and show just how powerful Adam Warlock is? Is it because you know that he turns into the character that he does at the end? I think I think if he kills an, a character at the beginning, the payoff for Drax telling him that everyone deserves a second chance That's is bigger. even more powerful. Yeah. yeah, it's a better payoff. Yeah, But okay, let's talk about that then doing some fantasy booking if the movie starts off in the first 10 minutes you're going to kill somebody off who would you kill off knowing you still have a whole two hours and 20 minutes left mantis i was gonna say i was gonna say drax mantis or drax yeah but they're so they are so involved in the rest of the movie though drax with the kids at the end and i think true i think drax i you know secretly they have a uh, a little bond there, but I think you don't have you 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 need Drax and Mantis because they're both like you know they have like well, a love interest going on. Well, the Drax thing is a good payoff because it it wraps up it ties up the loose end of the first film when he's talking about his daughter. So that I agree yeah. with you, Craig. That's a good payoff for that. Um, I don't think you can, I don't think you can do uh, Nebula because I think she secretly turns into a. Uh, a willpower for Peter. Yeah. Or for Will. And I, I'll say, I think Nebula and Karen Gill- Karen Gillan's performances, I think she was the best version of this character in all, in this movie. every, every time we've seen her. Absolutely. Looking, looking back at it, I think, I think the person that should have been killed off should have been Groot and Rocket. Yeah, but yeah, the whole movie's built around Rocket. So you would you would only have an hour and thirty minute movie if you'd done that. Now, now Zach, when you talk about a Disney Plus series, I think the two characters that will probably get a Disney Plus series will be Groot and Rocket. Because you can do Which so I much think. you can do so much animation with those two. Yeah. And let's yeah. not forget their voiceover actors. You can get different and cheaper people to play those voices. Which I think is well, gonna happen. That's true. But I mean the whole, their whole, I guess, kind of made up guardians at the end. You Looks have like a Disney girl, Plus series. You have the little girl who's going to ask for a bucket of popcorn. You have Cosmo, who's a dog. Um, Will Poulter is probably not going to ask for much. He's still in the early stages of his career, even though I yeah. think after all of a sudden done with this role, he'll shoot up. You have the makings with them right there to have a new age kind of guardians. To be mm-hmm. a new, to be alongside the new age Avengers that are coming in, they're young, well, they're different. I heard that Disney Plus series is going to be called Guardians of Disney Plus. <laughs> no. Well, and let's talk about that for a second. I don't understand why. I do understand because it's James Gunn, and he, I think he's the only director that can get away with this. 
Um, I don't understand why you have to introduce two new characters, Cosmo and Craiglin, and they're only in the movie for about 20 minutes, honestly. Well, Cosmos is going to be in the Marvels. I can almost guarantee it. Oh, God. Is that the dog? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, they don't... You guys do not... And I know the trailer didn't look that good, but let's talk about the Marvels because everybody saw the trailer before... You guys do not. You guys do not seem enthused at all about that. I'll, I'll put it this way: I, I don't plan on seeing it Thursday night. And oh, he'll see it Friday night. <laughs> he'll see it Friday night. I, yeah. I mean, if we're going to do a podcast over it, you know, it'll, you know, it'll have to be a weekend thing. But I'm, I'm in no hurry. Like, if tickets drop today, I'm in no hurry to buy it. What's can I can I ask? Because I I still don't know the lore behind this. What is everybody's issue with Brie Larson? And I just want to go on record that I, it's not Brie Larson. I just I don't think that character of Captain Marvel is very interesting. I think because for we, them to for that to be the film before Endgame and her role in Endgame, that's why it made a billion dollars. Yeah, but, but, but it, it led forget, to nothing. We we also we can't go in there and say we none of us completely enjoyed Captain Marvel. We all had I enjoyed a, Captain we Marvel. All had I a, enjoyed the first one. So did I. We all had a, a good time talking about Captain Marvel. But since the movie, you know, there's just so much internet hate on Brie Larson. And I just can't understand why. Did she do something? Did she say something in interview? Did she hate kids? I, I uh, did she, she say something about gays? Something. No, well, if that's true, then Ed would like her. So, Ed, and Ed doesn't like Brie Larson. And I don't I know don't, why. I, I think, I remember, maybe it was Ed that brought this up she she said something in an interview that really pissed a lot of people off that because she's all power her character's all powerful she could defeat all the avengers i'm just like that's like saying the I mean, red ranger is gonna kick all the other power rangers asses because he's the red ranger like exactly are you 12 that makes no sense yeah i just i, 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 I just i really enjoy brie larson i think she's a great actress um i just think there was a lot of tension between her and the other Marvel castmates. Because I do know that this is going to be her last MCU movie. I heard that they're recasting I think, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I think I sent that out. I think they were thinking about was it Emily Blunt that was in the article or something like that? They were trying to get maybe her to do Captain Marvel. But I don't even think they're going to recast it. I think they're just going to do away with the character and have uh, the little girl from the TV show be like the new Come Marvel. On. Yeah. So. Which I, I haven't even watched that, so I don't even know. Like, I know she connects to Captain Marvel, but I just don't. I, I watched, I like watched I said, the final episode. So like I said, that. I'm not... It's not Brie Larson. I don't have anything... Like I, I'm with you, Johnny. I don't have anything against her. I think she's a great actress. I just I just don't find just, that character enjoyable. I, I, I don't think they have written that side of Marvel very well. Yeah. I, think that, I think they built it up very well, but they took it nowhere. Speaking of Marvel, uh, what do you guys think about Blade is completely on... Halt because of the writers' strike. They completely Here's stopped production. Maybe Unfortunately, they'll, maybe they'll figure something out. <laughs> They're saying maybe they'll figure something out during this time and and then kick it back off to where it should be. What Listen, are they on strike? The new what are they strike again for? They need more money. No, the writers' guild. I don't know. The, yeah, the writers are not getting paid the what they should, so they're going on strike. Essentially, well, I write it. I write for a TV show. I don't make enough money. What should they be? What do you think they should be getting paid? I don't know. I'd, it's not like they're doing this for seven twenty-five an hour. I know exactly. 
And you get to do like big Hollywood blockbuster films. It's like, wh- why are we complaining? I mean, they, they probably are sitting back and being like, Tom Cruise gets paid thirty million. Why not me? Because you're not Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, anyway, I let's, let's get it. Last time, uh, go ahead, Zach. No, I was just gonna say, um, let's talk about uh, Rocket's backstory because I know, obviously, like you said, Craig, that's basically the crutch of the film. It was okay um, for me. I just felt like it was too dragged out. It was too lengthy. To me, it worked because I, I never thought CGI baby raccoons could make me tear up. I'll just say that, and just feel like emotional the entire time. Um, but I like the, and that's, and we have not even talked about the high evolutionary, which we'll get into. I like that aspect of, that's how Rocket was created. He was an experiment that. Technically, went really well, but like all he like he's the reason why he's the motivation for the bad guy in this film, and I I, I thought that was I, it did it, it was really well well done in my opinion. Did anybody else like want to reference face off the entire time? <laughs> I thought they were going to. I thought they were going, which is they funny did because we just did the movie. Yeah, they, they thought, technically talked about face off because I mean Peter, I, yeah, I just I thought it was going to happen. Which would have when, been they, when they were talking about that, I was like, I know at some point Chris Pratt would say, you mean Nicolas Cage? Am I Nicolas Cage or John Travolta? I know at some point they're going to do that. Well, and I think the only reason they didn't is because Peter Quill was off of Earth by the time that happened. So if yeah. it was like an 80s movie, I think by all means they're adding it in there. But since he's not on Earth by that time, I do like how they reference Patrick Swayze, though, in reference yeah. to the holiday episode. Yeah, which I didn't. I I haven't seen. I didn't. I didn't get to watch the holiday special. But does it? I'm sure it ties in really well into this. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kevin Bacon's the one in the holiday episode, not Patrick. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. But so, I know that there was like a little reference about it, like when at the end when he's like reading the newspapers, like Kevin Bacon says, "All." Oh, I was like, okay, so that's yeah. a callback. Yeah. The arm did did Rocket give Nebula the arm in the holiday special? I just assume it happened in between films or whatever that she that he made the arm. Yes, yes, he gave her a Christmas present and it was the arm. Okay, yeah. I thought for a second that was Bucky's arm. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? How does how does that tie in? But it, I don't think it is. So I think I'm. I don't want to say I was disappointed with this movie, but I was. You know, everybody said that it was. It, it is a roller coaster, but everybody was just hashtagging emotional, saddest yeah. watch ever. Um, made me cry more than Endgame or Infinity War, but, like, I had no emotional... I don't know if this is just me being a, a cold, heartless bastard, but I was not, like, sad or em, you know, emotional. I'll take, in this I'll take door number one. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was not sad or emotional at all. Like, I was a little bit for two scenes, okay? When Rocket went flatline, I was like, oh, shit. And then when Peter became a popsicle... I was like, oh, fuck. So yeah. for those two scenes, I was like, they're going to do it. But then nothing happened. I'm like, what the fuck? So you, you didn't, when they were showing the kind of video of when Rocket was getting just torn apart, and they were all like, oh, they were all squeamish. You, no? I, I'll tell you what. Mallory's been to enough Marvel movies with me now where she looked at me at some certain parts in the movie, and I was like, look away. 
I'm not trying to have <laughs> you see me like this. Like she knows the parts. <laughs> it's um, I will say. I mean, I, I'll say that this is definitely the most emotional film, probably since Endgame. Um, I mean, in retrospect, if if I think about the other films, so, I mean, it does have that going for it. And I will say that. No. One of one of the. Why? What's the other one? The other scene that is more emotional and got I got more goosebumps and more tears was when I saw that motherfucking Andrew Garfield take that mask off and that theater just fucking popped. Same thing with with Tobey Maguire coming through the and yeah. his shriek. Those the, the, it might be nostalgia, but those were emotional right there. I'm not gonna uh, cry over. I'd, a I'd say <laughs> I'd say the the pop and the goosebumps for Andrew was was real. Um, the the most emotional scene obviously was RDJ at the end of Endgame, right. um, but there were some emotional parts in this. I think you know. Let's talk about James Gunn. You know, we obviously his next big thing is he's kind of the head of DC and he's planned out all these different phases for what he's gonna what he wants to happen in the next um, installment of DC. I think. I think that's he's the reason why this th- these films worked because that his sense of like his kookiness and just as a his his way of filmmaking. Um, I, I will say that the 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 about the tonal the tonal balance between the comedy and the drama I thought was really well done in this. It wasn't too much comedy. It wasn't too much drama. It was just kind of the right fit, and yeah. it worked in a way where, you know, you had Drax say some stupid line and then, which. I, I thought it was a great bit through the entire film and I they didn't overdo it was the Peter and Gamora like going back and forth of I know you loved her, but that's not who I am. I'm a different version of her and I'm never gonna feel what you what she felt. So yeah. I just think it was so perfectly well written throughout the movie when he starts explaining to Gamora how much he loves her and how much they should be together and everybody just is either around him listening or like when they were in the yeah. space, when they were in the space. The yeah. That bit of comedy where Batista <laughs> is explaining the red, yellow, yellow, yellow to yellow, green. That yeah. shit was funny. It, it, the, yeah. the Nathan Fillion um, got me. I was like, that's that's a funny kind of cameo thing. But when Mantis touches the security guard. Oh, my God. <laughs> that cracked everybody up in our, in like our theater. She, she's like, you know, you like drags or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll be back here at the gate. I was dying because you could yeah. tell Jack just looked at her like again. Like you could tell yeah. this happened before. I think yeah. this, this probably shows how evil I am too. But when Drax threw the dodgeball at the little girl, you died laughing. I am, I am the only one who laughed out loud in that scene. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Ed would love would love that scene. <laughs> no, we. Uh, my theater was pretty lively. I'll say that. Um, yeah. So it, it added some good times to it. The guy next to me was a little too lively, so I was kind of irritated at the beginning because he was laughing <laughs> at things that, like, they were funny, but they weren't laugh-out-loud funny. So I'm like, dude, chill. Like, it's... It was like the goats from Love and Thunder. It was like, it was God like damn Edward, it, stop. Edward was probably next to you. That sounds like Edward. I, I get really irritated. At the two times that we've been to the theater with Ed, I've been really irritated. It's either... <laughs> Ed, Ed's either doing this... Ed's either doing this or he's like, it would never happen, bro. 
Oh, dude, you should have went. You should have went with us to go see Fast Nine, and that was. I had to sit right by him. That was a terrible experience. <laughs> Even worse, I did bodies, bodies, bodies. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that was the one where the kid was, the the, the two year old kid was crying, and I was like, "Who's gonna bring their baby to a freaking movie?" You know? Oh and my it, god! Yeah. <sighs> He's gonna hear this and be like, "Why are you talking about me like that?" I will say this: I haven't been to the theater that much this year. The last time I went was with Scream Six, and I had more fun this time in the theater than I probably have in a while. In a while. Probably since Thor, I, I had a hell of a good time in Thor. I say yeah. Mario was probably Mario was pretty good for me. I, um, I was gonna go see Evil Dead. But the Blu-ray comes out in like three weeks already. Yep. And it's on streaming tomorrow. Are you serious? On which one? Uh, you can rent it for like twenty bucks anywhere you stream uh, movies. That, that that was a that was an interesting theater experience, I gotta say. So I'd have to say probably. I mean, I mean, do you love the? Do you love the Evil Dead movies? I think they're okay. I like the remake more than the original. I know people are probably gonna fucking hate me for it. If you like the remake, then I would say go see the new one. So, what about some um, other some other characters in the movie? Um, did you guys like the cameo by Michael Rooker? Yeah, yes. I mean, I thought it was a good yeah. payoff. Yeah, he's in every James Gunn movie. Yeah, listen so, to hot boy. Be ready. It's like in his contract. Be ready. He's about to just be in every DC movie now. Yeah, essentially. I heard he's in um, James Gunn's Superman movie. Let's talk about the high evolutionary. Do you think he was I thought he was a good semi-par villain that he's basically a mad scientist. That's all he is. Just trying to create these like weird civilizations of weird species. Well, he's trying to find the perfect species so that he, you know, he can just <clears throat> he he just wanted the perfect species, you know, he's creating the perfect planet. The, yeah. you know he, he he saw earth and thought it was the perfect planet to live on so he created counter earth he's gone through and he's created you know he was trying to get rocket to figure out how to create the perfect um where they weren't evil uh, or, or yeah. had a, a monster monster side to him you know and, and that's really why he's going after rocket is because rocket had the knowledge to change the the stuff and he's like you know it's it's kind of the key to everything you know, I can have I can have the best planet, but if these people aren't what I want them to be, which, you know, because he was talking about the the girl was running, she she theoretically was his best creation. She just was too perfect. There was no there was no downside to her, and he was trying yeah. to find that. So, I just realized that. Um... <laughs> You know, if you were going to kill these characters off, you had a perfect opportunity to be like, first 10 minutes, you kill off, just say Drax and Ma Drax or Mantis, one of those two. You get to the scene where Rocket flatlines, that you, you just go ahead and be done yeah. with that. And that wraps, wraps that up, and you kill off Chris Pratt. You know, you I think you would have had a lot more a, like emotional type film to say, yeah, this is the end we're going to get rid of these characters or start over or whatever. And we're just going to go ahead and start killing them off. Zach wanted I think... this to be the town that dreaded sundown. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, I think if they would have stuck with Will Poulter being 
be Adam Warlock we saw in the initial 10 minutes and not yeah. building the story off of Rocket and the guy who did the stuff that he did to Rocket. If you're if you do the entire Guardians movie with Will Poulter's Adam Warlock and he's just that powerful throughout the entire thing, I think you're okay with a couple deaths. But with yeah. it not even being a part of that, you know, it's I don't think the payoff is there if you're having them dive to some guy who is, is who that guy was. You know, I don't yeah. even know how he got powers. I don't, you know, you don't really get even a decent backstory of that guy. And I mean, I mean, we made the joke, but it's literally, you know, when they tear off, when Gamora tears, <laughs> tears his face off. I mean, it's literally Nicolas Cage from face off. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, he is wounded because, um, Rock, rocket, rocket scratched him, scratched the hell out of him, basically. Yeah. Um, I will say one of my. If you want to, Johnny, you want to do favorite scenes? Uh, yeah. You know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about uh, Howard the Duck. Oh, oh not just Howard cameo. the Duck, but um, the Howard the Duck cameo. There was somebody else in that little scene right there. Um, I didn't recognize him. Seth yeah. Green. Seth Green was the Seth voice G- of Howard the Duck. Yeah. <coughs> you know, if Stan Lee was alive, that's where his cameo would have been at the card table. So. What do you guys think about this universe? We, we'll talk on it right before we hit favorite scenes. Do you think they should leave this world alone for a few years, or is it something that you think they'll go back to before the time is done? Well, I I think you leave it alone as long as you can because it is James Gunn's baby, and, yeah. and unless you're bringing James Gunn back to do a fourth one, which, which he almost he almost didn't come to do this one, right? He wasn't going to come right. back to do the third he got, one. He got fired from Marvel due to some Twitter comments, and he went and did Suicide Squad, and then they finally said, "Oh, come back. We'll pay you how much." And you know he did because yeah, like and everybody, and them were, yeah, Batista yeah. and everybody wasn't going to come back. They were like, "No, you fired him. We're going too." Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do say keep on the lookout for for Dave Batista to sign a multi DC film contract. I do. I, I think that's coming. I I, th- I think he is. He will do whatever James Gunn tells him to do. Well, and, and James Gunn's going to put him in the right position after seeing. I mean, knock knock at the cabin or whatever it's called. So good. Yeah. Um, that's good. He was know, good in that. After seeing that, after seeing his evolution as Drax in the movie, where initially he was just some dumb brute, where he's actually able to evolve and be a different sort of character at the end, mm-hmm. uh, he's he has the ability to be a good actor, and he's even gotten praise from other people where they're saying like, you know, his onset ability to incorporate people, bring people together. Um, just kind of be just an overall good, good glue guy. You know that that's yeah. gonna pay dividends in DC. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And I mean, we didn't even talk about the the Doom Part Two trailer, but I mean, he was in that too. So I mean, he I think he's starting to pick his uh, projects a little bit more better. Yeah. Um, and the idea that uh, Craig, did you have you seen Knock at the Cabin yet? I I I, I skimmed through it. I watched like. 10 minutes, it got slow. I was going to do it some more. I mean, I, I personally think that he was the best part of that movie, to be honest. Yeah. And so yeah. I was favorite really scene? interested in just seeing what the movie was about. Uh, my favorite scene 
there's a scene right when um um rocket kind of uh goes up against the high evolutionary and they're it's all the guardians fighting in that hallway and the camera just kind of goes back and forth yeah. from different perspective i thought that was a the best actions uh, with the exception of the opening with adam warlock i thought that was the best action sequence of the movie and that was that was really thrilling uh i would i would say the opening warlock scene and then honestly any scene that mantis and drax was in yeah um you know i'm going to kind of go off a little bit different you know they they're the guardians of the galaxy they're the protectors of all everything that's good they bring out the, the the best in people they're they're there to get rid of the evil people whereas the avengers are just there to kind of they avenge the people you know they're they're yeah. not there to necessarily. They're there. You know they're 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 only there to eradicate problems. Where the guardians of the galaxy are there to be the guardians. You know they're kind of like the the biggest scene that I I felt the difference in the Avengers and the Guardians is when the whatever they call it, the giant monsters in the dark pit when Mantis yeah. can feel it and she's like they're not. They don't want to hurt us. They're just scared, you know, and, and Drax is able to communicate with the kids and they, they rocket releases all the animals. They, they really incorporated the feeling aspect to this group (laughs) and not just the Avenger aspect. And and I think all those scenes for the different people, Drax, Mantis, rocket, I think those were the best scenes in my opinion. Because it really added layers to those characters. Very well said. Truth be told, it is time for the star ratings of Galaxy of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, I'll go first. I really enjoyed this movie, other than just feeling it a little too lengthy. Uh, but I still think it was a, a top-notch Marvel movie. It was probably the best Marvel movie uh, the last two years, besides... Thor and No Way Home. I'm going to give Guardians Volume 3 an 8. Zach? Uh, I'm going to start... Oh. Go ahead. I'm, I'm okay. going to start grading Marvel a little bit harsher. Um, you know, kind of looking back, I'm like, I really shouldn't have given you know, Black Panther. I think I gave it like a 9 or a 10. Really probably shouldn't have given it that. It probably deserves an 8. Same thing with Thor. I think it probably deserves an 8. Probably gave it a 9. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm really going to start sticking to my guns. They're, they don't get free passes in my book anymore. Um, they, you really have to come out and, and deliver the movies that you were delivering before. Um, and I think Guardians is the closest thing to that. Um, but I'm, I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you guys felt. Um, but, like, even the ones that I really liked, like Shang-Chi, No Way Home, Love and Thunder... Think I gave all those, even Black Widow. I think I gave a nine to. I have not yeah. rewatched those since nope. we saw them in the theater. So, nope. um, I'm gonna go with you, Craig. Um, I'm gonna give it a nine. I think by the end of the year, I'm sure this will be an eight or a seven. The more I think about it, or if I rewatch it, um, but just leaving leaving the theater, having that emotional aspect, um, tying everything up, and say, yeah, that's a good that's a good end for this trilogy or for these characters. It paid off. I think James Gunn did his job, and you know he's off and doing bigger and better things now. So I'll I'll go with a nine. 
All right, guys. I you know it was one of the most highly anticipated movies of summer. I think it was a, a worthy conversation. Is this in for Marvel until November now? That's it till Marvel, unless you include the, the unless you include the t- the TV shows. We're not going to talk sec- about those. I think the um, secret secret invasions in June. I think so. Um, but that is our conversation on Guardians Volume Three. Um, next up, though, uh, next week we're going to talk about. Next week we're going to be talking about the Passion of the Christ. Uh, I don't. I'll just be honest with you guys. I don't really know how we're going to talk about this. I mean, obviously we can talk about like technically and what yeah. this movie did, what, what, what this movie did for, you know, Christian films and all that. But I, I'll be honest, this is going to be a hard one to review just to be on, uh, be yeah. up front. Um, so. Zach, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you, Zach. Um, when I mentioned it, um, honestly, these last couple of weeks, I've uh, really changed my my viewpoints. Uh, I've really tried to change, like who I have been, um, even before I watched this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I I picked it as a movie for uh, different reasons, but reviewing it, um, I think my reasons will be a lot different. Um, so if if I just want to say this. If you're a fan of this podcast um, and you do watch along and you follow these movies that we watch um, and you think, oh, I'm not going to do that one because it is, you know, a Christian film or, or whatever, um, just give it a watch. You know, go into it with an open mind. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, it, it's 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 a tough watch, but... If you just open your heart, I think it'll be worth it in the long run. It was on Hulu, and then they took it off, took it off because you know we're doing it. So that's our curse of this yeah, podcast. It's, it's it's on Peacock. Yeah. Okay. It's on yeah. Peacock. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the direction of Mel Gibson. We'll talk about some of his movies and how in depth of a director he is. And uh, you know what? We'll just uh, go through it and and talk about the general love a film that he has and the story that he wanted to put together in this movie. So uh, next week we'll be back for a brand new, another new episode uh, of the cinnamon movie podcast next week. We review passion of the Christ. It has been honestly a a very, I only did Craig mention it, but it's just been a very uh, popular email. The last, I don't know why it's been trending the last few several months, but uh, we're going to review. We're going to talk about it next week. And then it's on, to Sicario, and then we end the month with our beloved Memorial Day war movie episode. So uh, until next week, guys, thank you, and we'll see you next week on a new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Later. Bye.